Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. It's rare that you meet people that are on the stage that are even better off the stage and they're prolific on the stage. This individual's been in ministry for 20 years, intentional about reaching the inner city. He's done coaching networks that, that's how I event, uh, initially met him, was being a part of an urban coaching network because I wanted to you know, learn more and develop from the people that I looked up to. That developed a friendship. He's authored books, produced CDs, had recording contracts that's led him all across the world to go and share the good news of Jesus. And he pastors a church in Tampa, Florida called Crossover Church that took a dying church and a youth group that started bursting at the seams of 200 people and they jumped out in faith, said that God wanted them to move closer to the inner city. They sold their building, negotiated with a Toys R Us to convert a Toys R Us into a church in Tampa, Florida, which is now Crossover Church with over a thousand people coming every week. Wow. And so they do every year a Flavor Fest event, which is probably the most premier Christian hip hop conference and urban leadership conference, I believe, in the nation. And so he he would, he's way more humble than this introduction. But anyways, I want you guys to give a warm welcome. Come Come on, on. warm welcome. Give it up. Tommy, AKA Urban D. Yes. We live in a culture, it's all about the individuals. Forget about the principles, it's all about residuals. It's opposite of what Paul says in Philippians 2, 3. He says, think about you before I think about me. Check Nehemiah 5, he confronted injustice, stood up for the forgotten, we need to discuss this. Because our planet, it's got a leadership crisis from Greece to Russia to China to ISIS. We're called to be agents of reconciliation, empower people of every ethnic persuasion. Did you know the multi-ethnic church is biblical? Check the book of Acts. This week, more than ever, it's critical. Make disciples and do life. Show them what a husband and wife can look like in Christ. You need a Paul, a Barnabas, and a Timothy. There's no formula empowerment. It comes from the Trinity. Yeah. City Life, how y'all feeling today? Come on, how y'all feeling today? Man, it's amazing to be with you guys today. I I just want to let you guys know I am a huge, huge fan of you guys. I've been praying for you guys. I've been watching what God has been doing here over the last number of months. And if you don't like realize this isn't normal, this doesn't happen with church plants in less than a year where you guys uh, are reaching so many people and so much amazing stuff is happening. So give it up for yourselves, man. You are part of something... Super, super exciting. And really, I mean, as I look around this room, this is a lot like my church. Multi-ethnic, multi-generational, it's, it's so diverse. You got people coming from all different walks of life. Look around the room, look at each other today, y'all. So the kind of stuff that's going down this week, you, you guys are the, the answer to this. The multi-ethnic church, people that are doing life together uh, from all different backgrounds, we can be the ones to cause reconciliation to happen and justice and change to happen in our communities. How many of y'all believe that? Make some noise if you believe that, because the gospel is about reconciliation. Yes. So how many of y'all have, have been through some pain before? Anybody been through some pain before? Okay. 
and we can relate. So I know the question is, what happened? You know, I get that all the time, right? Uh, I was playing basketball, I dunked on somebody. It was amazing, you should see it. It's on my YouTube page. No, just kidding. So <laughs> I was playing basketball, nothing exciting happened, but I just, I ruptured my Achilles tendon. I had to get surgery. Uh, I just got off crutches about two weeks ago. I'm just so excited I can, I'm starting to walk again. So it's been a journey, it's been painful. Uh, but you know what, God's been doing some stuff through pain. How many of y'all know pain has purpose sometimes? And God's there through our pain. So I'm gonna open it up with one more song and then we're gonna dive right into the message. But this song is about pain. And uh, Mr. DJ up there, you can go ahead and run that. If it felt like that, like, man, I can't take this anymore. Like, this is, oh, man. As I pray, pray, I make my way before the Lord. Confronting the truth of my pain, pain. Finding peace in His grace. When it's always the harder way. Last time I seen my groomsman, Scott, my wedding day. His life taken away. Right there on his block My friend called me from Philly I'm on the phone in shock What do you mean he's dead? Common F, covered in red I couldn't believe what she said I could've ran but instead I jumped on a plane My emotions were drained Strained and stained You can read more in the book Chapter 1 confronted pain I just can't take it anymore I can't take it anymore it's breaking me down It's breaking me down With my to the ground as I pray. I make my way before the Lord. I'm in the trauma unit. A few years later in Pittsburgh. Pain ripping me tighter than jeans on a hipster. Trying to figure out tragedy's algorithm. My dad's a life support in a coma from an aneurysm. I made a decision to trust a creator in every situation. Even when losing a child was in the equation. And when you're innovating, pioneer, people love to hate. They love to push you through hell, but then they celebrate post day. Y'all ever been through some pain? When you were like, man, God, I just can't take this anymore. Like, everything is caving in on me. My life seems like it's falling apart. That's when we get down on the floor. We see God. Say, God, here I am. Make your way before God's throne. Confront that pain. Don't push it away. Confront it. Let me tell you about Nehemiah. Nehemiah was balling in a bougie palace Sipping wine from a jewel-encrusted chalice There was no callus When Hannah and I described Jerusalem's state Nehemiah felt had compassion He felt the way compassion for his nation His family itself We don't know about that in the West We're just concerned with self He approached the king My man could have been killed But he confronted his pain Was granted a seal to go and rebuild Uh-huh I just can't I can't take it anymore. It's breaking me down. With my face to the ground as I pray. I make my way before the Lord. Confronting the truth of my pain. Finding peace in His grace. So let me tell y'all today. If you're going through some pain right now, if you're going through some opposition right now, I can relate. A lot of us can relate in here. Pain is like a, a language. No matter what kind of pain you've been through, God can be there to give you comfort. He can be there to give you peace. 
He can bring reconciliation in the middle of the drama when you confront it. Amen. I want to share a message today about opposition and about pain, and I think it's kind of fitting because this has been a, a rather painful week for our country. And so let, let me start out by making this statement, and then we're actually going we're gonna to flip it. Uh, there's no such thing as an opportunity without opposition. So you ever had an opportunity, and you're like, wow, this is amazing, but then like opposition pops up against it. It might be your friends, it might be your family, it might be your coworkers, it, it might be a circumstance, it might just be even yourself. You ever like talked yourself down? Like when you could have really did it, but then you like talked yourself out of it and you're like, ah. Even our own minds can many times be, be opposition. But see, I wanna flip it the other way around because many times we, we always look at it in the negative, right? Because we're human, right? We could be, we, anybody here pessimistic sometimes? Right, we, we can, yeah, yeah, a few people are admitting it, right? But let's flip it the other way and say, there, there's no opposition without opportunity. Did you ever look at it that way? Like, like when opposition pops up, you could be like, hey, there's an opportunity in this. God's gonna do something in this maybe. Maybe there's an opportunity for me to grow. Maybe there's gonna be a, a miracle that's gonna happen through this. Maybe I could be a blessing to somebody else. I believe that if we looked at it more often like that, you know what? There'll be a lot more amazing rebuilding miracle reconciliation stories. How many of y'all believe that? But many times we don't look at it like that. We're just negative, right? So uh, I'm going to tell you guys a crazy, amazing story that happened in my life because I looked at it this way. But before I do that real quick, I want to make sure y'all are awake today, okay? Y'all awake? Y'all with me? So somebody ask, how many of you guys have ever had something stolen from you before? Raise your hand if you had something stolen before. Okay, a lot of us, my people. I feel your pain. Okay, so on the count of three, I want you to tell me what did you have stolen before? Ready? Ready? One, two, three. Okay, you didn't sound very angry uh, about the thing being stolen. That's okay. That's good. <laughs> so for me, I grew up in Philly originally. I've been in Tampa now for 20 years. But in Philly, growing up, man, I, I was in an urban environment. I had a lot of stuff stolen. I had uh, my car stolen before, my rims stolen uh, before. I had three different car stereos stolen at different times. I even had the alarm that talked that said, please step away from the car. Still didn't work. Like, they just went and cut the wires and took the whole thing, right? So y'all remember those alarms that used to talk back in the, I thought I was the man. I was like, you know, people be walking by my car, be hiding like, dur, dur, you know, step away from the car. People be like, what? You know? So I, I know about getting stuff stolen, but I never would have thought I would get something stolen while I was doing ministry, right? That doesn't make sense. You think God would protect you, right? So I was at my church on a Tuesday night and we were doing this leadership class and it was amazing. God did some great things. I was all pumped up. About 30 leaders from our church came to it and I go out in the parking lot and I get in my car and looking for my phone. You ever had that happen before? You're looking for your phone, then you're thinking, where was my phone? You, you retrace your steps. I went back to my office. I'm looking at my book bag. You know, I, I, I'm looking for my wife. You know, did you see my phone? Right? Couldn't find it. I'm like, well, you know, that, I'm looking under my seats. You, you ever lose your phone in between your seats? It's like down in some crack or something. And then I thought I felt it. I'm like, oh, there it is. Oh, no, it's a CD case. Ah, you know. So I went home. I was looking for my flashlight to find my phone, but... And then I remember my flashlight's on my phone, right? 
The phone has everything nowadays, right? It's our life, right? So I, I get home and I tell my wife, have you seen my phone? She's like, what do you mean? I don't, I don't look for it on the cloud. I just gotten an iPhone. This was a couple years ago. I'm like, oh, the cloud. What is that again? She's like, you just put your number in and it'll tell you where your phone is. I'm like, for real? That's amazing. So I went on there, typed my number in. And of course it said, your phone is offline. I'm like, ah, oh, man, I think maybe the battery was dead. My battery's always dead, right? I always forget to charge it. So, but, but I clicked on this little icon that said, contact me if the phone's located. And I went to bed. Got up the next morning, you know, I'm checking my email and boom, sure enough, there, there's an email and it says, your phone was located at 4.58 a.m. And I'm looking at the dot, it's in an apartment right behind the church. I'm like, ooh, I got him. Let's go get my phone. So I was like, I was amped up. I got to the church. I found like the first staff member I could find was like the maintenance man. He wasn't even that big or anything. I'm like, just come on, we're gonna go get my phone. He's like, okay, all right, pastor. You know, so we, we, we went over the apartments, we were ready and like we pulled up and then I was like, oh, oh yeah. These apartments were like two stories and the buildings were really close together and, and I was looking at the screen on my wife's phone and you couldn't really tell which part the dot was in. I'm like, man, if it would have just been a house, I would have rolled up and been like, what's up, I know my phone's in there. Don't make me call the popo. Come on. <laughs> but I couldn't really tell where it was. So here we are. We're in this apartment complex and there's these hallways and we're walking down the hallways and I have my wife's phone and I'm calling my phone and we're going up to the doors and we're like, do you hear it? Nah, I don't hear it. Let's go to this one over here. Do you hear it? Nah, I don't hear it. And so at the end of the hallways, this is the hood. At the end of the hallways, there's some guys that are hanging out at the end of the hallways and they're selling um, some pharmaceuticals and, and they asked us if we needed any. Y'all need anything? We're like, nah, we're good. I, you don't have anything we need. Or maybe you do, let's see. You know, so, so it wasn't on the first floor. So we went up to the second floor. We're doing the same thing by each door, nothing. So I go back to the church and we had staff meeting that morning and I'm the lead pastor. So I have to lead staff meeting and I'm in staff meeting and my, and my head is not in the game at all. You ever been there where you're so distracted? And I mean, I'm thinking about my phone. I just got it two months ago and, and I'm on the two year contract. Y'all know about that? So like, I can't get an upgrade for like, you know, 22 more months. And it's an iPhone. I'm like, I can't afford another iPhone. I can't pay the full price for that. I'm going to have to go back to a flip phone. Oh, no. Getting nightmares of the flip phone, right? And so at the end of staff meeting, one of the staff members came up to me and said, hey, you know, the graphic designer just texted me. He just talked to the person who has your phone. Call him. I'm like, oh. So I grabbed my wife's phone and I call him. What happened? So our graphic designer, his name is Anthony. He, you know, he said, hey, man, I was just calling. I didn't know your phone was stolen. And so what happened was, uh, the guy that stole my phone didn't have an ID. So we went to his neighbor's apartment and said, hey bro, I got this phone right here. And uh, you know, I'm wondering if you could take this to the pawn shop and uh, you know, and we could split the money. And so his neighbor was like, hey man, where, where'd you get that phone from? He's like, oh, you know, I just got it from somebody, you know, for 10 bucks, like they just, some guy by the mall. He like made up a story, right? So the neighbor's like, hold on man, did you know that this phone is still on? And he's going through, look at these pictures. Somebody's contacts are in. This is somebody's life in here. Like, where'd you get this from? And, and, and you know, as, as he's holding it, uh, the phone rang and it was Anthony, the graphic designer. And so he said, hold on. And, and he picked it and said, hello, whose phone is this? And he's like, uh, oh, this is, this is Pastor Tommy's phone uh, from Crossover Church. And he's like, hey bro, you, you, you stole a pastor's phone. 
And so the dude was over there like, oh, mother, boop, boop, started cursing. Like, you know, it's like, you know, hey, you want to talk to him? And the graphic designer is on the phone with the guy who stole my phone, like trying to convince him, like, you should give it back. Pastor Tommy's a good guy. They do a lot of stuff in the community. And the guy was like, nah, nah, you know. And so he gave the phone back to the neighbor. The neighbor's like, hey, man, give the pastor my number. I'm going to try to help him out. So I got the number right away. I called the neighbor and the neighbor's like, look, I'm not trying to get in the middle of this, but I'm gonna try to help you out. Uh, you know, my neighbor's kind of a knucklehead. He's a young buck and, you know, he's out there in the street a lot of times, but I'll, I'll try to go get him, see if he wants to talk to you. I'm like, uh, okay. So he yells down the hallway. The guy comes on the phone, hello? So what do you say to the person who stole your phone? Like I've been in ministry for 20 years. That was a new one. On me. I'm like, what, like, really, what do you say? So I, I tried to be real, I tried to be real humble, right? And I was like, hey, this is, uh, this is Tommy. I didn't even say Pastor Tommy or anything. I'm just trying to be real, just you know, this is Tommy. And, uh, you know, I, I just really, you know, I don't want to get anybody in trouble. I, I just want to get my phone back. And so it was just quiet. It's like crickets. Like, hello? Anybody there? Who, who am I speaking with? And then he spoke. You don't need to know my name. I was like, oh, Lord, here we go. It's going to be one of those days, huh? So then the conversation went from bad to worse, and he went on to curse at me, disrespect me, have all this crazy stuff that he was saying, and uh, I could feel the old me rising up. You ever been there before? My temperature was rising. The old me from Philly was about to come back. And man, I was about to do something very unpastor-like, for real. So let me ask you today, what would have you done if that was you? What would have you done? Opposition can get real. It can get to 10 in a heartbeat. And so today, for a couple minutes, I, I want us to look at the book of Nehemiah and look at Nehemiah's story. And Nehemiah faced all kind of opposition. He went back to Jerusalem to rebuild the city physically, spiritually, emotionally, economically. He went back to rebuild and he was facing all this opposition as he went back. And in chapter four, that's what I specifically want to look at. They started rebuilding and the process was happening and all this opposition came against him. There's all kinds of tactics of opposition, but I want to give you, I want to give you three today that we're going to look at. And uh, this, from this scripture, we're going to look at how, you know, this can apply to our everyday lives, to arguments, drama, even a stolen phone. So let's, let's look at Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. And anybody ever have any haters? You know how the haters come out when you're trying to do something good or rebuild or just anything sometimes. So the haters were coming out against Nehemiah, and it says this. It says, when Sambalot heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became very angry and was greatly incensed. He ridiculed the Jews, and in the presence of his associates and the army of Samaria, he said, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from those heaps of rubble, burned as they are? Tobiah the Ammonite, who was with his, at his side, said, what they're building, if even a fox climbed on it, he would break down their walls of stone. So uh, real quickly today, I want to give you three tactics of opposition that's gonna come against you anytime. The first one is this, somebody say ridicule. Come on, somebody say ridicule. We got a clear example of this. Many times when you're rebuilding, there's gonna be ridicule. This guy named Sambalot, he ridiculed the Jews. It's a powerful, effective tool of opposition that people still use today. And culture regularly ridicules the church even, right? 
They call us fanatics. They call us crazy. They, they call us unintelligent, all those things. And you know what? That, that hurts. That hurts because it, it hits our character, our, our self-worth. Now, I know that many times, a lot of us in here, we can handle all kinds of stress. I mean, I've met some of you guys yesterday, and, and, and a lot of y'all, you go through some stressful situations. I mean, Carlos is delivering mail, and, you know, people, I'm sure, get dry. My check didn't come. You know, what's, where's this mail at, you know? I mean, I talked to my man Jorge yesterday, and, you know, I heard from the work series. You know, he did the video, and he was working at the grocery store. And, you know, I'm sure there's some people that step in the grocery store like, hey, where's this at, you know? Of course, maybe not as much where he's at. It's probably at Walmart, right? That's where all the crazy people shop, right? But, you know, at, at your job, in your neighborhood, with your family, relationships, you know, ridicule can pop up. Drama can, can pop up regularly. So here's this guy who stole my phone, and he's ridiculing me. He's talking about me. He doesn't know me. He's talking about my church. He's never been to my church, but he's saying all this crazy stuff that churches do and he's lumping us in this pile of bad churches and he's saying all this stuff and I could just feel man the ridicule it was making my temperature go right and and so I was about to do some really unpastor like stuff there's some brothers in my church that uh that recently found Jesus and they're big and uh and they would do anything for their pastor so I was about to take some of these dudes with me over there to get my phone back and let them handle business in Jesus' name. But, uh, you know, I was tempted, man. We got this dude named Big Tim. He can bench like 600 pounds. This guy named Benny, he's got like a gold grill and tatted up and he's like a huge boxer. And like, I was about to take some brothers over there and go get my, I'm like, yeah, we're gonna come get my father. I'll tell you about my church, uh-huh. Yeah, we're gonna roll deep on you, bro. I know kind of in the vicinity where you're at, we'll find you, you know. So I was about to go there, and it was like, oh, man, but, but wait a minute. You know, and, and any time people can't reason you out of a position, they'll just ridicule you. You ever notice that? If they, don't, if they can't really reason, they'll, they'll just come at you. And that's what was happening here in Nehemiah chapter 4. There, were, there was name-calling. He said those feeble Jews. Um, he put words in his mouth. Anybody ever put words in your mouth? So frustrating, right? They said, what, are you going to rebuild the walls in just one day? He never said that. So here's the other thing about ridicule. Look at your neighbor and say, it's contagious. You ever notice that? When one person does it, then there's other people that are just kind of sitting on the sideline waiting, and then they all jump on the bandwagon, right? If there's a leader of ridicule, then here's the thing, y'all, look at me. You'll find out who your true friends are, right? Because then other people just start jumping on it. Tobiah jumped in on it. Right? He was a sidekick of Sambalot. He jumped in on it. He had jokes. And he threw, yeah, even if a fox jumped on, up on that wall, it would fall apart. And everybody was like, oh! You know, and so it was, everybody was joining in. So here's the second talk, uh, tactic of opposition is this. It's resistance. Resistance. Look at verse 6. It says, so we rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half of its height. For the people worked with all their heart, but Sambalat, Tobiah, and the Arabs, the Ammonites, the men of Ashad, heard that the repairs to Jerusalem's walls had gone ahead, the gaps were being closed, and they were very what? They were angry. They all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem, stir up trouble against it. So here they were, they were ganging up from all four sides on Jerusalem, on, on Nehemiah. And, and here's the thing, you ever notice that negative people attract other negative people? You might be in a big crowd like this of a couple hundred people, and, and, and it's funny because maybe that negative person over here, they'll find that negative person over there, and they'll complain about something. Man, did you see that pastor that came from Florida? 
he was wearing shorts up on the stage, man. I was crazy. He's like, man, what's wrong? We should, yeah, that's, that's not holy. You know, look, people will find the most random, trivial things to fight about or argue about. And I would have had pants on if it wasn't for this. Really hard to get a pant over that. Sorry. Anyways, so expect it. When you're rebuilding in your life, your family, your community, your city, your church, there's going to be some resistance. There's going to be some ridicule. And the third tactic of opposition we see in this passage is this. Number three is rumor. Verse 11 said, also our enemies said before they know it or see us, we'll be right there among them and we'll kill them and put an end to their work. So the quickest way to spread a, a rumor is to feed on people's fear. You know what fear is? False evidence appearing real. It's fear. People feed off of fear. And, and, and the, the reality was they said, oh man, they're going to come get you from all four sides. Reality was they didn't have enough power to come and take out Nehemiah and his crew. They didn't but they were just feeding on the people's fear to spark panic. Rumor is a huge, huge tactic of opposition. How many of y'all know rumors spread quicker with social media than ever? This week there was all kinds of stuff on social media about things that were happening, speculation and all kinds of things that just, rumors even that made the situation even worse in the situations. So be careful what you see on, on the internet. So when you're rebuilding, opposition will come. There'll be those three R's, ridicule, resistance, and help me out. What's that third one? Rumor. So here was this guy with my phone, <laughs> stole my phone. He's ridiculing me. He's resisting me. Um, he's saying rumors about my church. This dude doesn't even know me. I'm getting upset. Uh, I, I'm in the middle of this heated moment. You know what? I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me. So let me ask you today, in the middle of opposition, can you listen to God's spirit? Can you pick out his voice in the crowd amongst the noise? Because if you're spending time with God on a regular basis daily, if you're renewing your mind, if you're dying to your flesh every day, then you should be able to listen to that voice even when that opposition pops up and the moment gets heated. So here in the middle of this moment, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me as I was ready to say something I shouldn't have, God said, hold on, listen to this kid. This is the type of person from the neighborhood that you reach normally anyways. This is why Crossover Church is here. Listen to them. Let them know I love them. It's like, okay, God. I know. I always reach people like this, cats like this, but they usually don't steal my phone, <laughs> you know? So I began to listen, and he was going on and on about how he didn't trust anybody, and money was his God, and, you know? And, and so I said to him, you know what? God began to give me the words. I said, I, I didn't used to trust people before either. When I was coming up in Philly and I started to share my testimony and his tone began to change and he started agreeing with me. He started asking some questions and, and dialogue and ministry was happening. I'm like, man, yes, Jesus, I'm going to get my phone back, you know. <laughs> so suddenly in the middle of all that, click, he hung up. I'm like, hello, you, you still, you there? I called the neighbor back. I'm like, hey, what, what happened? He said, he just ran out of here like he saw a ghost. And so then I had a decision to make. And I said, okay, God, what do you want me to do? And God said, I told you to wait and listen. Just wait. And so how many of y'all ever been there in limbo waiting? <laughs> Sometimes it can take days or weeks or months or years, right? Thank God, in this case, it was only about 15 minutes. And the phone rang again, and it was him. And guess what? He apologized to me. And he said, man, I'm sorry for disrespecting you, and you're a pastor, and, you know, I, I just, I want to do the right thing and bring you your phone back. And, you know, and, and so an hour later, 
he walked up to the church, showed up at the church, walked in the doors. We sat down in the cafe area we have in our lobby. We sat on this couch together and he pulled my phone out of his pocket and said, here you go, bro. And I took the phone and I said, you know what? It's not even about that. It's about this right here. Because God wanted me to meet you today. This is a divine appointment to tell you that God loves you. He cares about you. He has a plan for your life. And this is no accident that of all the phones you could have stole, you stole a pastor's phone. A pastor that raps. <laughs> that was in the streets before. Like, and so I began to share my testimony deeper. We talked. We laughed. We prayed. It was just, in a, I would have never dreamt in a million years I'd be doing that with the guy who stole my phone, right? Especially a few hours earlier when he was cursing me out on the phone. And so, man, it was amazing, the, the ministry that happened, because I looked at the opposition as an opportunity for opportunity and for God to move, and I listened to God's spirit. So there's a whole bunch of other crazy stuff. I talk about it in my book that happened out of that. But a couple of months later, this happened about two years ago. A couple of months later, he came back to a service on a Sunday night. We connected. I took him home, got, got him some food from our food pantry. And I invited him Tuesday to go to dinner and go to a Bible study. So I, I took him to dinner and we went to Subway. And he was in Subway like, wow, I've never been here before. I'm like, what? This is right around the corner from your house. You've never been to Subway? You know, I bought him dinner, and then we went to a Bible study at a brother from our church's house. He's here in the front row. This is my man, VJ. Y'all give it up for VJ. So, and we had this, this guy right there at the Bible study, and, and your pastor, Jerome and Rob, they were in Tampa at that time. They were getting ready to leave. They were in that Bible study that night, and here's the guy who stole my phone. And we embraced him, and we loved on him, and we prayed for him, and, and, and God got some seeds were planted. Some seeds were planted. So you, you never know what God is gonna do when there's opposition in your life. I, I want you to bow your heads around the room. Here's the key thing I want you guys to remember today. Instead of listening to ridicule, resistance, and rumors, listen to God's voice in the middle of opposition, in the middle of, of drama, in the middle of when the moment gets heated. And, and if you're here today and, and you're facing some opposition right now, as I, I, I want to close out in prayer, but I want to pray for you. So if you're here as everybody's heads are bowed and eyes are closed and you're like, man, I'm facing some, some opposition right now and, and I want to be able to look at it as an opportunity. I want to be able to hear God's voice to give me direction in the heat of the moment. I don't want to do something or say something that I shouldn't, that I later regret. If you're here and that's you, just, just lift your hand up. Lift your hand up. I'll pray for you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I see you all over the room. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for transparency. You can leave your hand up. Father, we love you today. We lift our hands up to you, and man, we're human, and opposition is real. It happens on a regular basis in our lives. God, we want to be guided and directed by your spirit so we can look at opposition as an opportunity to grow, and maybe even be a blessing to somebody else and maybe plant a seed and maybe change a life and love on someone else that's maybe in a very broken place. So God, I pray for my brothers and sisters here at City Life, all the hands that are up. God, you know exactly what their opposition is right now. It might be with relationships. It might be with forgiveness issues. It might be with doubt. It might be with financial issues right now. 
It might be in their marriage. There might just be some crazy stuff going on at work. God, you know exactly what every detail is that's going on. I pray that your Holy Spirit is gonna intervene and guide them and give them strength, give them courage, give them direction, God, on what to do and what to say. Father, I thank you for what's happening at City Life. Thank you for the miracles that have happened. It's been less than a year since this church has launched and there's been so many lives that have been impacted and changed. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit will continue to lead and guide the, the leadership and the pastors and everyone that's part of this, this family, this diverse, multi-ethnic, multi-generational, economically diverse body that's here. God, this is the church. This is the New Testament church. Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. And if we look around Lansing, our neighbor doesn't always look exactly like us, but we wanna love them, love the city. We wanna invite them into our church, into our home, into our life, and show them you, and show them how you've changed us. So we love you today. Use us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. Love you guys today. Proud of you. Look forward to coming back and seeing what God's gonna continue to do in the future. So I'm gonna turn this back over to your pastor. Y'all give it up for your pastor. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.